Hear that? That's the sound of your car's NCT getting closer. But this year, why not rely on an Avantcard loan rather than luck? If it's time to upgrade your car to something newer, it's time you contacted Avantcard. Avantcard offers loans from 5,000 to 75,000 euro, approval in principle in minutes, and personalised pricing made for you. Find out more at avantcard.ie. Lending criteria, terms and conditions apply. Avantcard DAC Trading's Avantcard is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. Welcome into another edition of the Dynasty Blueprint. I'm your host, Ryan McDowell, joined as always by Matt Williamson. Matt, how are you doing today? I'm great. Uh, I spent yesterday at Steeler Minicamp. We're doing uh, live broadcasts from 10 to 1. Uh, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And then I'll be back in a couple of weeks. So there's four of them over the next five or six weeks, and I'll be doing three of the four. So fun stuff. I mean, it's just cool to see you know, the rookies in their Steeler gear and Big Ben throwing and Martavis is back and looking good. And yeah, it's just great to see the new year. Yeah, that was going to be my question with Martavis. I hadn't, I hadn't read any of those, uh, any of those camp reports or uh, OTA reports. So I didn't even know if he was out there, but he's, he's looking good. He is. He's added about 10 or 15 pounds of muscle He's really been the story over the two days because honestly, there's it's it's hard to talk three hours on minicamp. There's nothing to really talk about, um, but he's the one everybody wants to talk to. His interviews were really good. Uh, he's taking his rehab r- real seriously. He keeps saying that he's a, a family man. Uh, he's got a baby now, and he's dedicated more to that than hanging out with Wiz Khalifa and that sort of thing. So, interestingly enough, though, he did his rehab assignments. In Vegas, I was like, that. I you would think you'd do it in like the middle of Nebraska or something. I mean, you go to Vegas to rehab. Wow. What about Bell? Is he out there? I know Bloom talked last week about uh, his threat. I guess maybe we could say that he was going to sit out. It was is he out there? He is not in attendance. He's not in the city right now. I guess he's from Columbus and remains in Columbus. But the story is, and I, I don't think there's any reason to doubt it. It's not contract related, but he's coming off some sort of minor surgery and there's just really no reason for him to be there. So nothing to worry about yet, but I think that will be something looming uh, you know, until the opening day. Sure. My rookie drafts are kind of slowing down. What about yours? I've only done two and I have a couple more on the horizon. Um, no, I've done three and I have three more to go. So they're coming. Um, I did make a big trade yesterday or the day before, though, that I'm kind of excited about and hyperactive for which is a league I'm competitive in. You know, I had Zeke and Gurley. It's a good team. Didn't make it, you know, didn't finish real well yet last year, but I consider myself a contender. And I'd love to hear your opinion. And of course, our guests who we need to bring in here in a moment. Um, I traded Amari Cooper for an 18-second Najoku, Leonard Fournette, and P. Ryan, which seemed like a pretty good haul, but none are sure things. Sure. I mean, some obvious risk there. Sure. But you're essentially getting 
three first rounders, depending on what you think of P Ryan. Or you could say you're getting three early seconds in Fournette. You know what I mean? Like is P Ryan and Njoku truly first, or you know, you're getting a second, you know. So, but they're high upside guys. Right. Uh well, you know, you know my Twitter motto, anything for Amari. Uh so I still like that side, but I, I, I think the uh, I think the trio you got there along with the future second uh is is decent value of course one of those obviously is uh top one or two pick with Fournette. so some risk there of course but uh, a, a lot of upside as well with two of those players Fournette and p Ryan being running backs now is a great chance for us to introduce our guest yep. we've got adam spinks uh you might know him on twitter at the rb scout and he's also got uh the website by the same name adam how's it going today it's going great guys thanks for having me on yeah we're glad to have you we're gonna really hit the uh hit the running backs heavy today uh, including some rookies so what are your thoughts on this trade uh, matt gave amari cooper he got fournette p ryan and joku and a future second you know, whenever he said that, I could see Ryan's eyes pop up on the Cooper side, uh, and my eyes popped right. up on the exact opposite side. You're not going to find another Fournette fan like me. I am a uh, Fournette apologist. I, I don't think I need to apologize for him. I think he's fantastic. And the other good thing is, is you got P. Ryan, who I have five backs who I think can be uh, not just immediate impact, but have an impact going forward in their career and P Ryan would be number five. So I think that I think he did very well. I'm sure it's going to be negative to say this, especially from a guy that's got the RB scout that what does he know about receivers? Uh, honestly, I think for 2017, I wouldn't be surprised if Crabtree outscores Cooper. So he's done it before. I don't, I don't see the need to overpay for Cooper like people do. All right, I'm I'm feeling a little lonely on this side, so we're going to move on. But uh, Adam, you're you're somewhat new to the industry. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to start the RB Scout website. Yeah, so I'm new to Twitter, um, but as far as you know, just life experiences. I'm, I'm a mid 30s man. Um, I have been playing fantasy football since I was 10, so I go back to you know the Dalton Hilliard days of 1990 on a cover of Cliff Charpentier magazines that we used to read. Uh, but, you know, honestly, I've been thinking about doing this for a long time. And one of the reasons I didn't, as dumb as it may sound, is I didn't want to have my home league that we've been doing for nearly 20 years have a competitive advantage over me. Uh, it sounds ridiculous to say now. <laughs> but <laughs> but that really, that's why. Cats and, you know, bag, yeah, and, and a lot of stuff that I do now that I've been showing the, the public, it's stuff that I've been doing privately you know, charting plays, watching film. I'm one of those people that just does that because I like to do it. It's something I've always done. I've always been involved with football. So it's, yeah, it's just something that I really wanted to put out there and maybe have a, a benefit to the to the community now that I'm older and less uh, importance put on winning championships in my fantasy league. You know, you say that's, that's funny, but I think that goes, uh, goes through the mind of a lot of uh, writers, heads as far as giving away their secrets and uh, doing rankings that are that are out there for everybody and those things do get used against you sometimes but it's it's just part of the deal yeah it's hard I mean I just figured out a deal with football guys and I was hanging with my buds watching the penguin game last night and 
they're like, ah, you're going to tell us all your rank all rankings are, you know, all you gotta do is click on football guys and I can know exactly who you're going to draft. I'm like, yeah, you know, there's no way around it. What am I do <laughs> lie to the public, you know, lie to all my Twitter followers just so I can maybe get a competitive advantage against my buddies I went to high school with. But, but anyways, Adam, you have, Adam, you have a real job. I mean, this isn't what you do full time, right? No, that's correct. Yeah. I have a real job. Okay. Now, Bummer. As far as, <laughs> as far as, you know, I didn't start this to make a big profit. I, I have a good job that pays well. I, I enjoy that. But what I am running into now as I do this more and more is time uh, where I, uh, my lack of time that I don't Damn. have, that I want to do this. Uh, so, you know, I, who knows what's going on in the future. I, I have, you know, I have my contacts that I have outside of work that do football work for um, sports agencies and a couple other things that you know, but maybe provide something later on. But right now, no, my sole focus is on doing this as a hobby currently. Yeah. Yeah, it can be tough to balance that for sure. Right. And I didn't mean to ask you that on the air. I mean, for those who don't know, you're a teacher and you have a real job too, and you're getting more and more active in the fantasy and dynasty community and articles in Roto World. When do you find the time? I, I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure where it comes from, but uh, well, starting today, actually, the, the time is a little more abundant. We're we're on our summer break uh, in our school system, so uh, you'll see even more content coming from me over these next couple of months. But yeah, during the season, it's it's definitely a challenge. I'm teaching during the day and parenting after that, and then writing four or five days a week. So it's not easy and, and it's not really lucrative for the most part, um, right. but, but it is fun. Sure. So that's, that's a piece of it. I guess that's what keeps me going with it. Yeah. And that's good that you mentioned that. Cause that's something I wanted to talk to you about. Definitely. I think we're in pretty much the same situation from what I've read. We both are married and have young kids and uh, you know, it's, that's difficult to, I think to make a balance and I'm, I'm struggling with that, I guess, and trying to figure out where I'm going to go with that. You know, uh, I ha- like I said, I have a job that pays well and I don't need it this to be my source of income, but I, I really do enjoy it. Um, so I can definitely see where it's a struggle to try to stay up till three o'clock in the morning to, to write an article or a creative video. Hobby. Absolutely. So Adam, on that note, what would you, what would you say is the future of your website? It, I know you've gotten a lot of content up lately. You have uh, a whole staff of writers. It looks like you've added three or four writers over the past few months, I guess. So what's next for the RB scout? Okay. So a couple different things. We started this in February and you know, I had no idea what the turnout would be or what the response would be from someone that's brand new to the industry, but the turnout has been amazing. You've been, you know, a lot. I could say thank you to you a lot for helping me with that. But really what I've shown on Twitter is not anything really website to be when we come around to the season I, I show charts and graphs and you know i've made a couple of videos draft profile videos but the real basis of the website is going to be based off a of film study that i've already accumulated on 2016 and then the real goal and this is where real life comes into a hobby is to to do film review of every single running back well every running back that's of importance and all of their plays for the 2017 season during the week so think of it like pff but focused on running back with my take on what's important because I, I have a maybe a different insight on what I feel is important to the running back position than what other people would would look at and off of that we would give a competitive score or something to look at that's more relative for a fantasy analyst or fantasy person consuming information to be able to to look at not just a an algorithm on my spreadsheet that no one can understand what I'm talking about. Wow that's that's certainly a lofty goal and it sounds like it will benefit all fantasy football players. 
you kind of mentioned earlier the uh, the lean towards that running back position, which is obvious with your site and with your Twitter handle. What was it that drew you to the running back position rather than fantasy football as a whole or football as a whole or, or just one of the other positions? Yeah, I, I think that the marketplace is pretty much uh, filled with the websites that are going to be devoted to everything. And I, I believe in a focus on one particular item instead of going through and trying to be average on everything. And on the RB and why I chose RB, it's, it's really just the way that I've always played. I grew up playing linebacker. Uh, I was a film rat in high school. And the way I've always watched film even now on NFL is I watch it guard center guard. So that's the way we've always watched it because guard center guard will show you what the play is. It's going to show you play, pass or rush. Um, earlier, you'll be able to watch counters. You can see where the footwork's going from the running back. And it's just an easier way to look at a running back's position off of the offensive line. So I, I feel like I do that well, comparative to maybe another position that I could have done. And that was the emphasis for b- behind RB Scout. You just, that's just the way you see the game and you just feel like you're better at it than you know watching safeties and corners. Sure. Yeah, I just think that going through the offensive line and having a read on offensive line, which I think is so important for the running back position anyways, so it's not just scouting running back and seeing how many tackles he breaks, but you need to have a knowledge base of how lines work, how zone blocking scheme works, if their footwork's good. You know, a lot of times that we downplay a running back, it's not really his fault. It's because uh, he's getting hit behind the line of scrimmage, which has nothing to do with him. It's the offensive line. Adam, it seems like the NFL and and fantasy football players as well uh, over the past few years have gone away from the running back position, uh, partially due to I think running back by committee has has kind of killed that that every down back or that workhorse back. Uh, we've seen shorter career spans at that position, but lately the past couple of years it kind of seems to be coming back around. We've seen Todd Gurley, Ezekiel Elliott, and now Fournette as as top draft picks. Uh, we've seen David Johnson, Le'Veon Bell with huge fantasy seasons that certainly have our attention. So do you think this trend of, of the running back position kind of coming back to prominence will continue? Or how do you see that playing out in the next couple of years? All right. So this is something that I'm actually getting ready to do an article on on our website. I really think there's three things that go into this. The first is one thing that a lot of people overlook is how poor the 2013 and 2014 classes were for running back. And uh, just in case you don't remember, the top five picks from 2013 were Gio Bernard, Le'Veon Bell, Monte Ball, Eddie Lacy, and Christine Michael. And then in 2014, you're looking at Bishop Sankey, Jeremy Hill, Carlos Hyde, Charles Sims, and Trey Mason. And out of that group, who's a fantasy winner? Le'Veon Bell. Uh, other than that, it was a bunch of bust. So I think there's uh, that hurt the running back position significantly over the last few years, just because of the talent. It's also two classes where there wasn't a first round running back taken. You know, all those people are second or later round picks. And I think that a lot of the fantasy people that have been riding running back in the past were living off of 2007 and 2008. And 2007, we're talking about, you know, Adrian Peterson and Marshawn Lynch. And then in 2008, you know, the magnificent class of everybody, you know, Mendenhall, Stewart, uh, Chris Johnson, Forte, Ray Rice, Jamal Charles. So they were riding them to, to victories in fantasy, and then they went away, they're went they getting older or running away. But on your point on the newer running backs and them excelling and maybe bringing back the position, I think that definitely can happen. And one reason is linebacker size in general and going to nickel on so many opportunities that they have to rush against. 
if you look at people like Deion Jones and Deion Buchanan, who are fantastic players, but they're what, 220 and 216 playing linebacker. I mean, they're safeties. If 10 years ago, 15 years ago, they play safety. So if, if they're on the field and you still have these offensive linemen that are growing at a good rate, and there's, there's not like the offensive line are getting smaller. I think that the, the balance on that can change when, like Dallas, right, last year. If that turns into a copycat, which it very well could because NFL's copycat league, then you're going to see more and more rushing. And one thing to look for on that, I think, personally, is this year is going to be very important with the Jags because if Fournette, who's a high-round pick, just like Zeke, if he can turn the Jags' offense into a power running game and they're successful with it, then look out. Because I think going forward, if there's two years in a row where two teams moved from a poor team, because Dallas was in 2015, and then moved to 2016 and were competitive with a good running game, I think you're definitely going to see a copycat on the rest of the league. So I think those are awesome points. And to expand upon that, of course that makes then a Trubisky, a Mahomes, Dak, you know, all these young quarterbacks that are going to get thrown into the, the fire, their life so much easier a struggling Bortles. You know, we know there's a quarterback shortage and we know these guys are playing too early. You know, can Gurley save Goff's life a little bit? Can Howard save Trubisky's life a little bit? Not exactly to the extent maybe of Zeke and Dak. That's an extreme case. But it's a good way to, you know, make that guy's life a little easier. And I also really like the point you made about everyone talks about how, you know, running backs are a, a dying breed and the, the league doesn't put a, a, a premium in them on them. But you're right because – those two draft classes just didn't have a first round running back, you know? So like in this class, there wasn't a great defensive tackle prospect. So it's not like everyone in the world's going, man, the world doesn't need defensive tackles anymore. It just didn't have a good, just didn't have a guy worthy to go high. Right. And I think you're spot on with the Bortles thing with, with Fournette too. He may struggle because he just may not be very good. But one thing that I see a lot of talk on Fournette is that he's not a three down back because he doesn't receive the ball. I, I would disagree with that. I think he can certainly run the limited route tree that they're going to ask him to. But one thing that's overlooked on Fournette is his ability to cause the defense to respect play action off of his run game. And it, that may not be a fantasy stat that people like, but NFL-wise, he's going to be on the field on third down just because the defense is going to have to respect him on a third and four more than anybody, anybody else in this class. And I don't think it's an accident and turn that they draft D.D. Westbrook you know, a deep threat, you know, to take those shots off of play action. Absolutely. All right, Adam, let's get into some of these, uh, some of these backfields around the NFL. After this, the NFL draft, there's so many that are, are just tough to figure. That's part of what dynasty owners have to do is kind of pick their player from each backfield, pick the one that's going to elevate, maybe become the starter, become the, the top scorer. And there's so many backfields, so many uh, depth charts across the league that are now three or even four deep. So the the challenge is becoming even more difficult for fantasy owners. Uh, let's let's start in New England. Uh, of course, the Patriots let Legarrette Blunt walk. He's he's now in Philadelphia. They acquired both Mike Gillisley and Rex Burkhead this offseason. They still have James White, who played well last year. They have Deion Lewis breakout star from a couple of years ago who's had the uh, so many injury issues who do you like out of the new england backfield what's what's the play there you're bringing up my favorite person my favorite person for the entire office off season is gonna be mike gillisley i am a huge mike gillisley fan uh, i think that he does so many things that Legarrette blunt could not do for new england 
one thing that you, if you watch in New England's film, as odd as it might say, they're pretty basic on their run game. It's, it's a, a series of shotgun with a spread the entire way, and then a series with blunt either in single back or with Devlin playing fullback, and they go off a quick snap. So that's really what their rushing game was based off of, was just blunt in the back field and, and not him ever out of a running game in the shotgun. He only had 15% of his carries out of a shotgun. If you look at Gillespie, he excelled in shotgun. He's almost six yards per carry out of shotgun. And I know that's with Buffalo, but I think that New England will be able to run out of shotgun a lot better this year than they have in the past and still have the ability to go under center and do play action with Brady. Uh, I think he's clearly the person to have. I, I like Burkhead. I think he's a good player, but I think he's brought in to do more facets than just run the ball. Uh, and if you're looking at the rest of the team, you have to think of how many running backs they're going to keep. They're going to keep White for sure. They just re-signed him, and they've signed Burkhead and Gillisley. And, and honestly, I think the person that could be a surprise cut is Deion Lewis. I like Deion Lewis a lot, but he doesn't play special teams. He plays kick return. James White already plays kick return. He doesn't play any coverage team. Uh, they're not going to keep four running backs and only have Burkhead as the one that plays a significant amount of, of special teams. Yeah, I haven't heard a lot of people say that, and I'm a pit guy and I'm rooting for Lewis, but, man, the writing on the wall seems like nothing positive for him. Yeah, and his cap number's low, so it may be wrong. It's only a million or so, but I just can't see mm-hmm. – I, I, I like him. I think he's, he's electric when he's on the field, but once again, when he's on the field – and if you're already going to have James White and Burkhead who are good out of the backfield, he's just repetitive. And if he's not going to be on the field or play special teams, I don't see how they keep him. Adam, we've talked on here the past couple episodes about some teams seemingly changing their offensive, their whole offense really based on the draft. The Panthers, of course, are one that, that stand out. But the points you make with Gillisley sounds like the Patriots are maybe doing that too, that he can really bring some things to that offense that, that they haven't had the past couple of years. Is that how you're seeing it? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, honestly, I think he's, he's a very, very talented running back that's just never really had a full run. Uh, I, if you, you can't say that 5.9 yards per carry on a shotgun and the, the stats that he put out were just because he was playing second fiddle to LaShawn McQuay. Whenever you look at the running back stats in general for the NFL history, uh, he's at the top of the list. It, it doesn't happen by mistake that, that, that you're at that number. Obviously, New England's going to be good. I don't think I'm breaking any news here. And they're going to be good late in, in the quarter, late in fourth quarter. So there's going to be opportunities to run the ball. And there may be more opportunities to run the ball than there was this year, even for Blunt. But even if, you know, one thing I told my buddies, Blunt had 299 attempts. Let's just say that Gilsey can get 200. If he's around four and a half yards per carry, he's around 900 yards. If he gets eight to 12 touchdowns, you're looking at at least, as crazy as it might sound, RB15. That's what Carlos Hyde was last year. And I think a lot of people are not buying into that. I keep on seeing these going for third-round rookie picks, and I would, I would rush to buy for a third-round rookie pick. Yeah, he's, he's – It's a good call just on the touchdowns, you know. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's certainly been gaining some value this offseason, but the price remains uh... – relatively cheap i've seen him go for a first rounder a couple of different times but that's been rare so i think i still think a second rounder buys him pretty easily and it sounds like you would you would support that move absolutely all right what about the ravens they they got terrence west who kind of surprised last year for them they brought in uh danny woodhead from san diego and they still have dixon who's looking at a four-game suspension to start the season It seems like Dixon is still kind of the dynasty favorite out of that group, but he may be third in line when it comes to 2017. How are you seeing that backfield? 
I think that Dixon blew an opportunity here. I think that Terrence West is, you know, average at best, but the fact that late in the season last year, he was still getting an average of 14 yards per carry in the back end of the season. It says a lot about what they think about Terrence West. They still believe that he can run the ball. Uh, and the problem is that Woodhead comes in. Woodhead's a better receiver than Dixon. What's Dixon? What was he supposed to be last year? A receiving back that didn't catch the ball. Uh, he's going to have to hope that those people play poorly and that Baltimore plays poorly to be able to get a, a better share of the backfield after he comes back from suspension. So I'm still a Dixon believer. I think now is the lowest his stock will ever go, unless he's a total knucklehead. But you, you, the Woodhead point is strong. And I also think, you know, we, we talked about Flacco a lot. He always has the deep threat, and he always has the the safety valve receiver. You know, Kamar Aiken, Steve Smith, Bolden, Heap, those type of guys. I wonder if that's going to be Woodhead, because there isn't one on the roster. He could play out a slot. There's no doubt about it. And I think he can right. excel there. He, he has in the past. You know, really, he's just – he's someone that everybody always overlooks and never gives enough credit to. But he's been a fantasy godsend, really, for the prices that he's been in his career. I did see our buddy Evan Silva mention on Twitter recently that um, with all the targets lost out of that offense, he thinks it's Woodhead who's going to to see the biggest benefit to that. So uh, maybe that, that makes sense. Uh, Cincinnati, Mixon, of course, they draft him in the second round. Uh, Giovanni Bernard and Jeremy Hill are holdovers from that that roster, both uh, fairly highly drafted. I think both were second rounders in the NFL draft. Both were first rounders in, in their dynasty rookie draft seasons. Um, how do we see that one breaking out? Well, I'm not the biggest Jeremy Hill fan, and I don't think that's going to be a surprise to most people because I don't think they are either. Uh, yeah, he was a second-round pick, but he is in the last year of his contract. He's, he's just trended down every single career, every year of his career. There's not a lot to look at and think that it's going to be a change. You know, one thing about Hill is he, he keeps on breaking off these amazing 70-yard runs where no one touches him, and that increases his yards per carry. And I'm not the biggest yards per carry guy, don't get me wrong, but if you took those, those plays where he doesn't get touched out, you're looking at almost three flat for his yards per carry. And then with Bernard, he's coming off an injury – it just doesn't seem like he's ever going to be a lead back, right? He's going to be a third down back at best. And the problem is, is that I honestly think that Mixon is ever bit as good as him in the passing game. I like Mixon a lot. Uh, get past all the off-field problems. Just on the field, I like him a lot. He would have been pretty close to RB2, RB3, him or McCaffrey, just whatever you want to go for. I wouldn't have had a problem either way. Um, I think that he'll take the job early. And Marvin Lewis, the good thing is Marvin Lewis has shown a – uh, tolerance with averageness in the past. Look what he's done with uh, Rudy Johnson, Cedric Benson, and Jeremy Hill. So if he does get the job, if Mixon gets the job, even if he plays poorly, you could have four years where he's average and you still have him on your team. I'm totally with you on Mixon. I mean, I think he's a superstar and will not, you know, those guys are speed bumps. And I think Geo will still have a role, you know, especially, but he's not a great pass blocker either. You know, I mean, yeah. I think Mixon's a total stud, and he's just going to grab that that backfield, and that Hill will be gone in a year, and we'll forget all about him. Another superstar, Ryan. I bet you know where I'm going with this. Yep, our buddies at Loot Crate. Are you on a quest for epic gear, housewares, or collectibles? Loot Crate has it. It's the best surprise every month that you know is coming. Loot Crate offers an epic range of pop culture items for less than 20 bucks a month, and it's even cheaper when you use our code, which I'll tell you about in a minute. 
monthly wearables and accessories with cult classics and your favorite franchises. If you want to get fancy, get a bigger box with even bigger loot from Loot Crate DX. Or I didn't even know about this one. This one's crazy. If you want to geek out for your pet, try Loot Pets. Uh, the offer expires at June 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific. And June's Loot Crate, you're going to find Spider-Man, Transformers, The Hulk, and DC Comics. The theme this week is Alter Ego. So you can see guys like Spider-Man and The Hulk that have Alter Egos. Uh, one lucky subscriber will also win a Mega Crate and Serious Epic Proportions. You have until 19th at 9 p.m. to subscribe this month's crate. And when that cutoff happens, it's over. So you go to LootCrate.com slash DynastyBlueprint. Enter our code Dynasty Blueprint, and you'll save a couple extra bucks off an already cheap subscription. I might have to try loot pets out. What do you think about that, Ryan? A little bit of loot pet action. I've got a pet that I don't want, so <laughs> you know, they're not getting ready presents. No loot pet for me, but it sounds sounds very cool. <laughs> Lots of pet lovers out there. Adam, we just got a bird. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at the Broncos backfield next uh they've got cj anderson they've got Devonte booker uh, both had their issues last year anderson with the injury booker just kind of flopped and they bring in jamal charles and they also draft uh, i think it was d'angelo henderson late in the draft i've seen i've seen reports that charles might not even make the roster but he i think he's still got to be at, at his age and with the injury his, history better than Booker who just stinks what do you see out of out of Denver I agree I, this is going to be a difficult buy for me on any of them just because it's a mess but one thing I would say on on Charles is it's hard for me to get away from him because he's won me so much money in fantasy football uh, so I always have a soft spot for him but the one thing I think we're going to know pretty soon and once they start practicing if you see that he's not practicing or if he practices one day and he has to miss the next day you're going to know something is still wrong with the knee but if we get good news and you know, he's practicing during the week and doing it three times. And I think we need to at least reconsider where we have him. Uh, I'm, I don't think C.J. Anderson's a world beater. I think he, he's a committee back, just like Charles could be with him. So this could be definitely a split between the two of them. But one thing that I found interesting was, you know, they brought in Mike McCoy, who's seen all of these people, you know, with the Chargers. He's seen all of them play. And that he did go out and probably make an effort to sign Charles. I'm sure he was behind that. So they know that if Charles is healthy, that he can still uh, contribute. Is he going to be Jamal Charles from 2013 or whatever his last few good years were? Absolutely not. But for the the one-off situation where you might have this guy as an RB3 or RB4 that turns into an RB2 if C.J. Anderson gets hurt and his knees can last, I think it's worth at least monitoring the practice report. See, I kind of took this one as – this is an opportunity for those frustrated Anderson owners because he's heard all the time that Charles got signed. Maybe you can get Anderson on the cheap. I agree with that. If, if you're going to buy Anderson, now's the time to do it before the reports come out yeah. that he's practicing in back-to-back days. Uh, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I've just never been a C.J. Anderson fan. Um, I, I, just, I wouldn't buy him personally unless it was just extremely cheap like you were mentioning. So, Adam, you wouldn't be surprised if if the Broncos invest in a running back again next year with potentially an an, an early pick. None of these guys are are long for this team, are they? Oh, I, I'd agree with that. I don't think the the two year from now running back is on this roster whatsoever. Let's look at the Chiefs. We'll stay in that in that same division. Uh, their backfield is not as crowded, but it, it's still tough to figure. They've got Spencer Ware, who uh, looked like he was going to break out and then uh, kind of came back to earth last year. 
and they added Kareem Hunt through the draft. Sharkandrick West is a guy I think we can probably forget about. Is Hunt good enough to go in and take over that backfield? It's possible, but I think one thing on Hunt, and it's with rookie fever in general, is that we look at these guys that were drafted in the third to seventh round and think that, you know, they're, they're going to have this wonderful career, and I hear this all the time, they're going to be the next Jordan Howard. Uh, I think that's a crazy statement to say whenever you consider where Howard was on just all-time list last year. There's, there's not another Jordan Howard. That doesn't happen. If you're looking at Jordan Howard, he's – uh, on career yards or yards per game with rushing receiving in the last 10 years. He's like fourth on the list behind Zeke Bell and Peterson. So he, he had an amazing season. Uh, I don't think that we're going to see that next year. And I definitely don't think it's going to come from Hunt. I, I think that Ware is getting downplayed a lot. Uh, Andy Reid likes him. Uh, he's a bigger back. He's going to get the touchdowns. Uh, I like Hunt on film, but for the prices he's going, which is, is getting ridiculous, and I think it'll get even more ridiculous as we get into the real season, uh, I'm not in. Well said. I think he's a good player, but I don't think you know, he's the answer, and all of a sudden we're going to forget about Spencer Ware. This one screams committee to me. Oh, I would agree with that. One backfield that's almost certain to be a committee and a messy one at that is the Giants. Uh, they've got Vereen and Perkins back from last year. Uh, they added Wayne Goldman. Ugh, this this one's ugly. I don't think any of these guys are really the answer in New York. Do you, do you like any of these guys, Adam? Long term, I don't like any of them. But this is one that I was ready to talk to you two about. One thought I have on the Giants, and I've been thinking about this for a while, is forget Perkins and, and Goldman, who I think are both average. And they're, they're going to cancel each other out. I think Goldman certainly could beat Perkins out. Perkins is going to go high on ADP, I'm sure, going into the season. Uh, I never liked him on film last year. I don't care for him this year. But my thought is that their base personnel is going to be 11 with, you know, uh, Beckham, Marshall, Shepard, and Ingram. And they may even be running Ingram in a double formation, so it could be a 10 personnel. And I honestly think that they're going to be out of the gun like they've always been. And I think the best receiver back they have on the team is Vereen. Uh, I could see them honestly running that as their base personnel and Vereen being a pretty sneaky play. It's a good call. Yeah, I like that call as well. And he's uh, he's literally free in a lot of leagues. He's he's on waiver wires. Um, of course, the only issue with him is just just the health. Like so many players, can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the field? Have you seen Perkins trending up on in ADP? A little bit, I guess. You know, once they released um, they released Jennings, and then they they didn't spend an early pick on a running back, so he's moving up a little bit. But I, I think everybody's. Everybody knows that's fool's gold. I haven't seen him traded for first rounders or, or anything like that. So I think everybody's in on that one for sure. And the issue I have with the Giants is they didn't address the offensive line. I don't think Fluker is addressing an offensive line. So they're going to have a poor offensive line just like they had last year. So what's the fix to that if you're an offensive coordinator? To go to gun and to use short passing and to use that as your benefit of a, of a running game. They're not going to line up in single back or in eye and try to pound the ball. They, they can't do it. They will fail. So I, that's why I just think that Vereen might be the sneaky play. Let's move over to the Lions. They've got Amir Abdullah, Theo Riddick, Zach Zinner. This is another team that that just doesn't seem to have that long-term answer on their roster currently. I know there's a lot of Abdullah fans out there. I'm not really one of one of them, and he's had his injury issues as well. Do you like any of those guys? No, but of course, if you're going to pick one, I would still t- take Riddick. 
the thing with Abdullah coming out was he was a great pass receiver, but we've seen throughout his career that Riddick is not just a good pass receiver. He's, he's an above average or even excellent pass receiver. So I can't see where anybody's going to tell me that Abdullah is going to take the targets away from Riddick. And if he's not doing that and we're expecting him to be the lead back in an offense that doesn't particularly like to run, uh, yeah, I'm not buying into that. See, I like Abdullah. I think he's the number two receiver and he's not a goal line back. So that doesn't help you in fantasy that much. That, yeah, that's exactly yeah. what I was going to say. Riddick's clearly a better pass catcher than than Abdullah and Zinner or or even Dwayne Washington are better options at the goal line. So I just don't know what Abdullah's role is, even if he can stay healthy. What about the Packers? Uh, super interesting running back situation there. Of course, we know uh, the history with Lacey and converting Ty Montgomery. They had they actually drafted three running backs, uh, most notably uh, Jamal Williams and Aaron Jones. I've seen some people say that they prefer Jones over Williams, despite the the draft order being opposite there. Uh, and I've seen plenty of people who are still believers in Ty Montgomery. It's, that's where I think I would be as well. Uh, who's your play? Who's your uh, recommended play in the Packers backfield? Okay, so first, I definitely agree that I would pick Jones over Williams. I actually had a 20-minute conversation with Jones through uh, Google Hangouts, and he's a great kid, a fantastic kid. And I think he has really, really good tape. I think the problem is people were low on him in fantasy community just because what's the thing that most people in this community use? They use draft breakdown, and there's not a lot of film on Jones. It's it's just limited on what you can watch because he played at UTEP. But uh, between the two of them, I definitely like Jones. But – I think it's a moot point, and this goes back to the rookie fever where we're talking about a fourth and fifth round pick and we're going to overdraft them when they're playing University of North Texas and Ty Montgomery is playing playoff games against Dallas and making plays. I think Ty Montgomery is definitely the play here. I'm pretty high on Montgomery, actually. One thing I see draft Twitter talking about is who's the better receiver between Aaron Jones and and Joe Williams and or uh, Jamal Williams and I just think what's the point because they're not better than Montgomery in the passing game. You're talking about a guy that was a good receiver in college, not a good running back receiver in college. Uh, I think he's gained the trust of Rodgers and I would fully expect them to start the season and have every opportunity to fail or succeed going on in the first few games before they would ever give one of the other guys a, a chance. You know, I don't disagree with anything you said there, especially Montgomery in the passing game. I mean, the guy's a former wide receiver, but the Packers drafted three running backs. You, you know, I mean, they can't have extreme confidence in Montgomery. I mean, there, there's some reason you draft three running backs. And I also wonder, late in the year when the weather's crappy and it's freezing in Green Bay, is Williams your lacy chain mover type guy? Or I'm not sure that Montgomery is. Well, you know, on that, what's surprising is I hear that a lot about size. If you just look at their size in general – like Williams is 5'11", 210. That's what he's listed at per combine. Yeah. And Jones is 5'10", 207. Big, yeah, 6'2", yeah, 216. This is a guy that's way bigger than most people think. Uh, is he a power back? No. But uh, he's, he's the best or the biggest back on the team. I, th- I am in agreement that they draft the running backs because of maybe a concern with Montgomery not being able to handle the full load. And, and I'm not telling you that he's going to be getting 80% of the carries. That's not going to happen. But I think it definitely says that they don't believe in Michael, obviously. Uh, and going forward, that the committee will sure. be one of the two of the rookies with Montgomery. 
See, we're gonna get to the Vikings now, and I think Cook's gonna get like eighty percent of the carries with them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, yeah. I don't know what you guys think of Murray McKinnon, but I think Cook will go bl- flying right past those two. Cook is one of the rookies we haven't uh, haven't discussed yet today. Uh, of course, they've got Jarek McKinnon, who had a chance to start last year with the Peterson injury, didn't do much uh, with that opportunity. They've got they brought in Latavius Murray from Oakland, and that was kind of the same. I think that was the same situation as we talked about earlier with Perkins, you know, even though for a while there, it was looking like he was the starter. I don't think fantasy owners were really buying in uh, to him having that opportunity, at least for long. Uh, And then of course they draft Dalvin cook in the second round, Adam, what are your thoughts on cook? And would you even bother with Murray or McKinnon on a fantasy roster? No, Matt's spot on. He's going to take the job and, and do it early. And if he doesn't do it early, uh, there's a possibility they give Murray the first few games to try to to try to prove himself on the contract they gave him. But the fact is, just look at the numbers he had with Oakland on a really good offensive line with a good offense. He's going to go to Minnesota, who's a below average to poor offensive line, a below average to poor offense in general. Uh, I don't see how he can succeed. So, uh, sure, I think Cook will take over. But the only issue I have for 2017, and things can change quickly with draft picks or free agency, is – how much Cook value are we going to have this year just because of how poor I still believe the offensive line will be? And the other issue is I, I need to see Cook improve in the in the pass-blocking game. And not that I think McKinnon's a great blocker. I'm glad you brought- but McKinnon, I, I really do think starting uh, off, uh, McKinnon will start their downs. I'm glad you brought that up about Cook because two things keep rookie running backs off the field, fumbles and inability and protection. And he's not good in either one of those. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, his fumbling is bad too. Um yeah, it, it, he could put in get put in the doghouse early. I mean, they did it with crazy. It sounds they did it with Treadwell, so it's not like they can't uh, bench a rookie for the entire season True. for being an idiot. Uh, but yeah, Cook, Cook, athletically and um, film and, and everything in all my expectations is he's significantly better than Murray or McKinnon. But I, I just need him to improve on those two areas before I can really trust him moving forward. Adam, one of our favorite players to talk about over these past few episodes has been Alvin Kamara uh, in the Saints backfield. Of course, uh, they've got Mark Ingram, who they don't seem to like too much. They've got, they signed Adrian Peterson, and then they uh, traded up to draft Kamara. Uh, Matt and I both value Kamara as the seventh-ranked rookie overall, the 1.07. How do you feel about that backfield? And do you think both Peterson and Ingram – make it to week one on that roster yeah i would think they both make it unless they make a trade like what they're talking about with philly but uh, trades are, are like madden it's it doesn't always happen like that in real life uh i think the first and second down is a mess between ingram and peterson tomorrow i would think early on could get third down work ingram's a good receiver um he's he's improved ever since he's been in the league in that game uh, I, I agree. I, I don't understand why Peyton hates Ingram or feels like he hates Ingram, but I, I'm not a big Kamara fan. I'm probably lower than the two of you. On, I know I am on rankings, but I would say this. If you are high on Kamara and you believe in him, what better spot to be in than in New Orleans with his skill set? I think if you, if you like him, that's perfectly fine to do that, and I would be all over buying him. Absolutely. My thoughts are – what I like about Kamara more than even his skill set is – if, if I had to bet, I would bet that he leads these three in receiving this year. I'd agree and I would that. also bet in 2018, you know, in 2018, that he will be 
the running back with the most yards from scrimmage from the Saints. I think in 2018, he's the only three of the backs that's on the roster. What about Tampa Bay? Um, this one is really crowded, and I think one of these guys does not see uh, week one. Uh, Doug Martin, well, he certainly won't see week one since he is looking at a, at a suspension, but there have also been rumors that he could be released. Uh, Doug Martin, Charles Sims, Jacquez Rogers, who was actually the uh, – Probably fair to say he was the best running back of those three last year. And then they also draft Jeremy McNichols. Uh, Adam, how do you see the Tampa Bay backfield playing out? Well, this is a position where there could be a, a significant gold in fantasy just because of how good Tampa could be on offense. But the problem is the, none of them, the backs really have a skill set that puts them in an ability to have three down work. Um, you know, Charles Sims is better than Martin in the passing game. McNichols is kind of average at everything. Um, Jaquiz Rogers somehow, even in his frame, can run on first and second down and be average or, bo- or above average. But the problem is when Martin comes back, I, I don't expect him to get cut. I think uh, they'll, they'll ride him out, They're definitely for the four games, because they'll have him on the suspension and active list, and he won't even be part of the 53. Uh, but once he comes back, I still would buy Martin. And I don't think going forward in 2018 that the starting running back really is on the roster. But if you're looking for, I don't know what Martin's ADP is, something to throw a, a lotto ticket on that might be beneficial, I still think Doug Martin could be beneficial. Yeah, he's uh, he's outside the top 100. So okay. uh, it lost, lost a lot of value since midseason last year, of course. Uh, I think I would treat Rodgers almost – the same as I would with Vereen. He's on, he's on waiver wires. Roster spots are tough to find this time of year with, uh, with rookie drafts going on. And uh, so many of those rookies just tempting us on the waiver wire. But if you can find room, I would, I would stash Jacquez Rogers. Adam, let's finish up with the Seattle Seahawks. Uh, They've got Thomas Rawls, who was a little bit of a disappointment last year after uh, surprising his rookie season. They've got CJ Procise. And they brought in Eddie Lacy. Um, how's this one going to go? Well, I think if you're in PPR, obviously you're going to go with ProSize, and he will be, I would think he would trend upward as we get closer to the draft as well. But as much as Lacy gets hated on, uh, this is going to be a pretty easy situation to monitor. Since he has the incentive clauses in his contract showing weight uh, and, and the money that's tied to it, you're going to know what his weight is going to be throughout the offseason. They posted it earlier with the 255 number. And he was under it. If you see that trending down and, you know, whatever the last one is, if it's 235 or under, hopefully, and if he reaches that goal before the season, I think you would think he's in pretty good shape. When he's in shape, he's played well. Uh, I, I don't see any reason to think you can't continue that. I'm not saying he's a world beater, but I like him as much or more than Thomas Rawls. Obviously, they, they have an issue with Thomas Rawls with all the, the, the tries they went with running backs this offseason. So uh, yeah, if I'm going for the lead back, I guess, as, as you would say, I think it'd be Lacey, but with an eye towards ProSize and PPR. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Rawls is even really in their plans. I think he's a guy that fantasy players, dynasty owners liked a lot more. Maybe we thought Seattle liked him a lot more than they actually did. Uh, he had a good month stretch during his rookie season with when Lynch was out, and that's pretty much it. I, I'm not even sure Raw should be on dynasty rosters. So where are you two on Lacey then? Yeah, I tend to agree with you. I mean, I, I don't like. I it. don't trust Lacey. <laughs> I don't trust but, Lacey. Yeah, I don't is it because of his weight, to Stay healthy. 
Is it because he's 255? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But if, if we're seeing him at 235 come September, are we going to change our mind? I still wouldn't be buying him at that point because, you know, I think what we've seen of him over the past couple of years, both uh, with the injuries and the injuries are probably weight related. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe, maybe attitude related. There's, I don't want to read too much into that, but uh, yeah, he's just not a player that, that I really even want on my roster. And honestly, I don't want any of those Seattle backs on my team. Oh, if we're being honest, yeah, I don't want any part of it. I think Seattle's office line is pretty poor and they didn't really improve. And yeah, I don't particularly want any of them, but if I'm going to buy one for cheap, just because of everybody calling him fat Eddie on Twitter and everybody hating on him, if I could get Lacey dirt cheap, then I would buy some of that. I don't trust any of those three to stay healthy is my biggest concern is I, I think, one or two of them will be hurt at all times, and whoever's healthy that week can have some nice games. They always talk about pro sites being, you know, fragile. And remember, I mean, just kind of an inside source, the Steelers took Le'Veon Bell ahead of Eddie, Eddie Lacy, and people around here were, why would they do that? Who's this, this Le'Veon Bell guy? And, you know, sources told me from this, with the Steelers medical staff, just said Lacy's not long for this league. You know, he, he's got issues that are, you know, going to always hamper him. And, Running around 250 on the, those issues probably enhances it. All right. Great stuff today, Adam. It, it's been uh, a pleasure getting to know you a little bit better. We're going to check out uh, your website and uh, just tell all our listeners where they can find your work. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at the RB Scout and our website is rbscout.com. Uh, you can search that on YouTube as well, where we're going to be posting a lot of videos coming up. Um, one of the things we strive for on our websites to be a little bit different. And instead of having the lengthy articles that a lot of people like to type, we, I, I certainly believe in video content. And I think that that's something we're going to provide the audience is a lot of video content and film review. We believe in film-based analytics and not just uh, looking at spreadsheets, but having a spreadsheet that's tied to actual film study. Really good stuff. Thanks again, Adam. Everybody go out and follow him, check out his work, and we'll be back next time with more Dynasty Blueprint.